With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Screen Heroes. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Screen Heroes podcast. I am your host, Derek, and I have with me my two lovely longtime co-hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. We are back. This week, we are talking The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 3, Power Broker. And with our new format, we're just going to like dive right into it. We're going to go right into the nitty-gritty. So this is your spoiler warning for... Anything that's happened in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, anything that's happened in the MCU, all that kind of good stuff, you've been warned. There you have it. Uh, real quick before we get started, though, I just want to plug our Facebook group. If you enjoy the show and you like listening to us, come join the Screen Heroes podcast forum on Facebook. It's in our links. You can go to screen-heroes.com to find that. Join the group. We post news, memes, polls, uh, spoiler threads, you name it. If it's entertainment-focused, it's probably going to pop up in there. So you can come talk to us about cool stuff that we just can't talk to talk to you about on the show. Yeah, Rachel's been posting some good memes this week, so she's giving me a room for my money. <laughs> get, in, get in there and check those out. I have purposely <laughs> joined... Uh, meme groups just to share shit in our group i like well, it okay yeah dedication um, yeah yeah <laughs> i'm good with it i'm good with it so all right let's go let's let's dive in the falcon and the winter soldier episode three where do you guys want to start oh my oh my I mean, indeed okay there's so many places. There are so many places. There's yeah, it is a little overwhelming based on just all the crazy things we get to talk about. I I am liking each episode more than the previous one. Um, it, it, seeing Sharon Carter back, I was not too excited because I have thought she was a very boring character from her first introduction, but this is like the most interesting she has been. I like that they acknowledge the fact that she committed treason in order to help Captain America and Falcon and uh, the Winter Soldier, and because of it, she's been living in Madripoor now. Uh, that is a fictional country in um, Southeast Asia that has a very 
intense, um, I guess, division between the poor and the rich. Yeah. Yeah. Sharon Carter was awesome. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Her and Zemo were definitely the standouts of the episode for me. Oh, for sure. Um, but we, you know, we talked about last week asking if we were going to get a prison break episode. Um, that was a little bold, I think. Uh, I think we're just all forgetting that this, this is only six episodes. Yeah. Um, I, so I, I would have been happy to get a full episode of that. Um, but it didn't did, did it feel rushed for you guys at all. Like kind of this was too easy type it, of deal. It definitely felt too easy. I'm, I'm definitely going to say that like even throughout the whole episode, like a couple of things go wrong. Right. But at the end of the day, it all felt really easy. The montage for the prison break, it felt very Ocean's Eleven, but yeah. like condensed. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing because it's not the focus. That's not really what matters here. They just wanted to get past it. But, you know, it, it was just very clean. It was a little too clean, I think. Like, I don't know. Like, why would, why would Bucky understand the timing of this exact prison that I didn't really buy. Like I get that he understands how to start a fight psychologically, but it was just a little too perfect. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They kind of had to cut some more corners uh, to make that work within, you know, the confines of a six episode show. I think it didn't really detract a lot for me from like the series as a whole, but right. um, I would have been, I'm really excited to watch like a Ocean's Eleven type heist with all of them, you know, working together, even though, you know, Sam isn't going to be a part of it because there's no way he would condone that kind of right thing. But, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, he ends up on board with the plan, not after a lot of convincing. Yeah. But would he would he be on board with the jailbreak? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think it works better that Bucky just went ahead and did it. I agree. Yeah. That's fair. I, mean, I think that that's fine. I I mean, I do have questions about it, though. You know, like, how did Bucky get the card, the key card into the book? Yeah. Yeah, that Zemo was reading. I'm not entirely sure how that took place. I'm also a little confused as to why there would be a key card reader inside the cell of such a dangerous prisoner. Um, you would think he wouldn't be able to access the key reader from inside the cell. Right. Yeah. So there's a couple of like logistical things that I mean, maybe it's a little nitpicky because, again, it's not the focus of the episode. But I I feel like there were if they if the goal was like we just have to get Zemo out of jail, there's probably other ways to do it that would have been cleaner. Probably. But I mean, it was just like a little five minute snippet of the whole episode. So truth be told, I am super happy that they did it the way they did because of the fact that we got more Zemo in the prison and or outside of the prison. And he was just, you know, he he was pretty phenomenal. Like he was a lot of fun to watch and he was unexpected and they gave us a better Zemo character in less than an hour than Civil War did in two hours. 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Civil War was split, you know, between 20 different characters. Oh, my God. So it's tough, tough to compete with that. But, yeah, I mean, Zemo was by far the standout of the episode, like I said, with Sharon. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we there it did raise a few questions, things that don't really line up with the Baron Zemo that we know from Civil War. And I think that's just going to be how it is, and we're just going to have to accept it. And that's fine. It's not... It's nothing that's like universe breaking or anything, but uh, yeah, I mean, and seeing the mask come out was pretty cool, but I feel like it's just, that was like a one-off nod to comic fans and that he might not wear that anymore. Uh, but I guess we'll see. I hope he does. I imagine he will. Cause it's, it looks like just, he, he wears it during fight sequences and maybe it ends up being bulletproof or something like that, you know, and that's why he wears it. He wears it during fight sequences because that way they can put a stuntman in there. Sure, of course. Notice how he like fights and moves so differently when he's wearing the mask. Yeah, it's yeah. It's I mean, not him anymore. I can appreciate that though. It's certainly a nice fix, and we don't have to worry about someone who looks clearly different. Well, I mean, they wouldn't do that. They would just have the actor do it, and it would probably be much more poorly done. <laughs> um, you know, Sharon though, her fight scene was actually pretty great, even with the fact that it seemed like she was doing a lot of it herself, and it wasn't a stunt person. Right. Um, right. And it felt very that whole that whole scene, uh, and then the you know chase scene or the scene where they like kill the I don't know what was her name, the person that was uh, they were meeting in Madripoor, and uh, have to. You know, the bounty goes out to every everybody in the whole city or whatever. Selby. Yeah, Selby. Uh, that was super John Wick. Like, everything about yeah. this episode felt very John Wick because John Wick people were involved in this episode. Um, and they're involved in the whole series, but a lot of it was this episode. Um, Going back yeah. to that scene, so in the, the bar, right, and you've got you know, Sam playing Smiling Tiger, and he's got to take that shot, and it's got, like, you know, snake venom or whatever in it and like i just i love that so much because like i felt what he was going through in that moment of like he knows he has to take the shot he doesn't have a choice he's got to do it but he really doesn't want to and it takes a few tries and i kept waiting for the bartender to like have a problem with how long it was taking you know i'm sure that was on purpose but i really enjoyed that scene i thought it was really fun you know smiling tiger if i'm not mistaken is a hero or a character in the comic books, not necessarily a hero that uh, is in the Thunderbolts, I think, isn't that what they're called? Yeah. Rachel, you, you know much more than I do. And so isn't Zemo in that group also? Yes. So there's, there's, you know, a lot of theories and I think you brought it up before Rachel too, that uh, the Thunderbolts are going to be a part of this or like come out of this in the end. Um, so this kind of lends some credence to that theory. The existence and uh, continued addition to the fact that there are villains that we are, I guess, like just connecting with. Like there are some super bad evil guys out there that we're just not into, but there are also those like ghosts from Ant-Man and the Wasp that, you know, she's not really bad. But she's more gray characters. Yeah, Uh, leads me to believe that the Thunderbolts are coming down the the pipeline, and Zemo is actually the leader of the Thunderbolts, so he could definitely continue outside of this. Pretty maybe we'll get a whole Thunderbolts show announcement once, like or a tease at the end of the show. A show, a 
um, a movie, something. Yeah. That'd that be would cool. be pretty crazy. I mean, I can't imagine that. The show would be better. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that Zemo's just going to be left walking around. Well, who's, they might not leave him walking around, but he's already had opportunities to escape. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, who's to think that he won't get more of those? He had like four of them in this episode alone. And, you know, the we've seen with Hydra that the they have people in the government. We don't know if there's somebody high enough to execute a pardon on his behalf. I still think Wakanda is going to want him. Well, I mean, the end of this episode kind of proves that that is 100% true, but that doesn't mean that they'll get him. Yeah, not everybody always gets what they want, Derek. I, I agree. My, I guess my point is doing a show like that while Wakanda is chasing him, I just, I don't know if that would really work out that well. But, okay. whatever. Well, there's just also the thought. Wakanda show right. that's coming up as well, so that could also be connected in some way. True. Very true. So, yeah, so they get their, their bounty on their heads for not for everyone thinking that they killed that, that one woman. Selby. Selby, thank you. Um, and, man, everybody in Madripoor is a horrible shot. Really bad. <laughs> <laughs> thank God for that, or there wouldn't be much of a show. I was not expecting <laughs> that to be said. <laughs> Did Derek, uh, I know you played uh, Cyberpunk. Did this city not give you Night City vibes very big much. time? Oh, very, it is such a, a cyberpunk, cyberpunk yeah. town. Yeah, no, and I like love it. I always feel a little weird when cyberpunk towns are uh, always Asian towns, but then um, it's not. You know, I I brush that off because it's not always that. It's you know, New York has been painted like that, and it's just because of the anime. There's been a lot of uh, Asian influence in a cyberpunk. As well as, you know, just the fact that Tokyo itself and um, Hong Kong kind of feel like cyberpunk cities by themselves. I think Blade Runner has a lot to do with that, too. Blade Runner kind of put cyberpunk on, like, the mainstream map in the United States. So a lot of people, that's their first thought is what we got in Blade Runner. But in this one, like, this Madripoor reminded me a lot of the the video game cyberpunk. Because... In the video game, there's like all you know these different districts that are you know they're stylized fairly differently. You've got different types of um, of building structures and different kinds of people live there that do different things. This felt very much like that because you kind of, on a smaller scale because you kind of had like the uptown and the downtown. Yeah, lots of high rises that are designed very similar. Mm-hmm. The way the lighting is done is extremely similar. Yeah, I want to see more Madripoor in the MCU, even if it's not in the show. It's a. It's probably the one other than Wakanda, probably one of the most intriguing like locales we've seen, mm-hmm. and I think that's because they get the opportunity to be creative with the way these are designed because they're not real cities or real countries, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I want to see more. I would watch a whole series just about the city. And Madripoor is it a city is... or is it a country? No, it's a city. Okay. I mean, one of the the good things. So, so you know, in Marvel, most of the cities are real, right? You know, Spider Man's in New York and, and everything like that. They don't get a chance to do this often, and they're really good at it. You know, the two times that they've really been able to do it, they're they're great. And so, yeah, I, I hope we get to see more of it too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
So, I'm embarrassed at times because I'm not like since I'm not actively in school, I forget a lot of my geography lessons. And so there have been some times in uh, Marvel or DC movies where they mention a fictional place or a real place. And I'm like, okay, wait, is it real? Is it fake? <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't think I'm embarrassed about, about it. I don't know geography of, this, of my own country, let alone the whole world. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, getting back to the topic at hand, I, I, I actually think Sharon Carter is going to be working for the power broker. I think she is the power broker. No, no way. I, I love both of those theories because, again, it makes her 10 times more interesting than useless love interest in uh, Winter Soldier and, uh, you know, kind of helpful country trader. You know, so either way, I think it, it would be great if she was a part of that. I I definitely think she, after this episode, especially, uh, you know, when she gets picked up at the end of her, her bit for this, I think she is the power broker. She talks a lot about how she was not dusted, that, you know, she was around for those five years and had to figure out what to do. And she's clearly gained a lot of skills. We don't get to see a lot of her in Winter Soldier to know what kind of fighter she is, but she is a very good fighter now. She's clearly got a lot of money. She's got a ton of protection. She's great with a rifle. Um, and so I think that she's worked her way up and she already knew about the super soldier serum because of Steve. She under she knew about that whole project. She would have had a, more knowledge on well, it. Also because of her uh, aunt. Yeah, absolutely. So I just feel like she would have been in the know more than a lot of, of external people anyway. And you combine all of that together. And I think, you know, she didn't intend for her scientist to get killed, but I think she's definitely using Sam and Bucky to try and get her stuff back. Do you think Aunt Peggy would, uh, would approve of what, what's happening right now? What, oh, like what Sharon's doing? Yeah. No, I, I don't. I think Do you? Aunt Peggy Sharon. banging. <laughs> that's such a weird, that's a weird thing. Now, Ryan, you you think that she's not the power broker, but she's working for the power broker. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that I mean, there's that phone call that she gets on the way to the uh, her ride out from the docks or whatever that was. Um, I don't think that what she was saying is something that the power broker would be saying. It sounded more like she was reporting to somebody. Mm. Um, so interesting. Yeah. I think she's working for the power broker. I would be okay with it if she was, but it seems a little rushed to you know make this already established character into the power broker it's tough it's i mean it would certainly be rushed for what we've seen on screen but with the the time jump they can kind of do whatever they want <laughs> so, well yeah. yeah i mean it would be rushed for just a random new actor to show up playing the power broker too but it's just right. kind of a weird jump of character and why would she want the, to be like allowed to come back into the united states you know and get uh get pardoned for all her shit if she was the power broker and like had built this entire thing up in in this other city. i don't i don't think she does i think she was just using that as a plausible excuse to make a deal with sam and bucky she's really just using them i don't think she really has that interest gotcha um now chat's interesting so chat thinks that well two things so let's start with the first one the first one is that the power broker is thunderbolt ross oh <gasps> What do you think of that? 
That'd be dun, okay. dun, dun. Right? Yeah, I kind of okay like that. that too. But He's so old though. Yeah. <laughs> so. And honestly, I think I'm still holding out on the fact that he could be Red Hulk eventually, in especially in the She-Hulk show. Well, there, there you go. He's he's the power broker, but like Ryan said, he's kind of old, so he takes a new serum that's supposed to help, you know, lengthen his life, and that's how he becomes Red Hulk. No, the power broker is <laughs> like top dollar drug dealer. Like he's not taking his own stuff or anything else that's super experimental. No, they no, could no. Take it a different direction. No, yeah, no, get no, high no, on no. Your own supply, Derek. That's exactly. rule number one. Come on. Come on. I am curious though, Ryan. Why do you think Thunderbolt Ross is too old to be the power broker? I don't know if he's too old. He's just not very you know, the power broker is supposed to be threatening. Um, you know, it's he's true. he's like this power guy that holds power over this whole city. Uh, old has, white men are not threatening. They don't control anything. Listen, just because they control <laughs> things doesn't make them threatening. I'm not scared of most of the old white men that control things. Like, you know, you're in a place. You're in a place of mercenaries and bounty hunters, and these are bad people. This is not the United States of America. This is a place where these are people that are actually doing like crimes, not not like you know manipulating the stock market. Like they're going out and killing people and fucking people up. So it has to be somebody that is intimidating, right? Um, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's just his, like, peons that are intimidating, and he just runs the show. He's got all these lackeys that, that do that are, you know, there to scare people. But I don't know. It would be cool. I'd be cool, okay with it. I, I think it would be cool, but I don't know that he's, like, scary enough to really pull off Power Broker. We'll see, though. Maybe I'm wrong. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, now, the other theory in chat is that Sharon is just a double agent for, you know, the CIA or some other, you know, organization. And I mean, I think that that's somewhat likely um, at this point. I'm a, The only reason I would think that, that that wouldn't be the case is there's no nothing really in it for her to go and find the serums if her whole job is to get to the power broker. Right. Like why, why put herself on the line for the serum if she's supposed to be watching the power broker and if she's already working for the power broker, then getting involved with Sam and Bucky is just a really bad way to blow her cover. Right. Plus the double, like double agent shit is getting a little tired in the Marvel universe at this point, at least for me. I mean, (laughs) I'm not saying that that's not possible. It's entirely possible. I mean, and, and maybe they can play it off really well, but we've just seen so much shit with people saying they're one thing and then they're another thing and it's supposed to be some big reveal. And it's like, I mean, just look at Quicksilver in WandaVision, right? That wasn't really them. That was more of the fans that were, that made that a thing, but that's just another example of them doing that. And there's countless other ones in all the movies. And I mean, the entirety of Hydra pretending to be shield, you know? It, right. Yeah. I, I don't think it's fair to put the Quicksilver thing on the fans because the writers did that very well. And the cast true. of people did that very on purpose. And even the people that wrote it, wrote the captions that wrote Fox's Quicksilver, you know, uh, when he first shows up. Yeah, that's, I don't think that's on the fans. I think that was, we did what they wanted us to do. We didn't just make something up. It's true. But, uh, but anyway, so that's where we are. I guess those are our theories. If you have any of your own theories about who the power broker is, you know, before we find out for all we know, we find out in episode four. So, you know, you have until then, uh, let us know, right. You can comment on any of our posts. You can you know join our, our group or hit us up on Facebook at the screen heroes podcast or 
I'm just going to plug this one more time. You can leave us a voicemail. 913-890-3007. You know what? If you do that, we'll actually play it. Yeah. We won't just like address it and what you say. We'll actually just play it on the show. As long as it's not like deeply offensive. Even if it is deeply. No, no, there are things I am not going to allow be said on this show. But if you have a legitimate question or comment or theory about about the MCU here, let us know and we will plug that into the episode and then we will discuss it. So there you go. There was some stuff in this episode that, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys remember the rumors that they had to cut a plot line out of this show um, due to COVID. Like there, there was a, the rumor was that there was a plot line that was very similar to like what's happening in the world with COVID and that, so they had to cut it out because of the release time of the show. And there were some hints in this episode there were some hints in this episode that that definitely is a thing. Uh, and in the previous episodes, when you kind of put things together, like in episode, I think it was episode two when Bucky first meets the flag smasher girl. Um, and he's talking about the vaccines in the back of the truck. Um, and then in the, in this episode, you see um, the, what's her name? I, I, I want to use her actual name, but the girl that the, is like the leader of the flag smashers. So oh, you guys Carly, Carly, uh, Carly, Morgan, she goes and visits her mom. Uh, and her mom is actually like, not just an extra, like this actress, if you look it up, she's actually like done a lot of work. And so she was clearly brought on for more than this role that she was given. Um, and though, and the, her speech, Carly's speech or like her talking during this that part of the episode like her mouth was entirely covered and it sounded different there's several spots where you could tell the audio was like different yeah it was that one and then there was one where in the lab with Sharon um where they cut there was a really awkward cut and like you could hear the the way the echo changed a little bit in her voice uh, and it was on the back of her head instead of her face the camera was um, and there's been a, there was a few cuts like that that make me go that make me think that that's definitely there was some credence to that because her mom definitely has a disease of some kind and right. the even the guy the scientist in that lab he has a line too where it sounds like it was ADR in um, where they changed the disease like tuberculosis or something like that um, and, yeah. it, and again it, it it cut off of his face for that line even though the rest of the line was or the rest of what he was saying was up in his face so yeah i just thought that was interesting that it seems like there was definitely a, a plot line that had to be cut because it was too similar to real life that is interesting i mean they definitely had filming issues anyway because they had several delays they had to stop filming a couple of different times um and so i didn't know they were changing any of the story because of that but it, it's certainly it was probably surprising. a secondary storyline i'm sure it was not something that was super relevant like to the overall storyline right a good so, point. You want well, to take a break? Oh, sure. Yeah, let's we, we can go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, I think we should start talking about Carly uh, Morgenthau and all of them. Sound good? I'm good with it. All right. And that's what we're going to do. We will be right back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Okay, we are back. Let's do this. So let's let's talk Carly Morgenthau and their whole thing. So up until this point, you know, they're they're clearly antagonists, but to to a degree they've been sympathetic, right? They they're the ones who were around during those five years. They liked that the borders had come down and the world had come together and you know, just tried to help everybody. And now things are going back, the walls are coming up, people are being displaced, you know, people don't have Well, the jobs. episode starts with a commercial for reintegrating the world, getting it back Which to that episode normal. or that commercial felt very WandaVision. It did. It was weird. It didn't fit I the tone it. of this show. It's not that I I didn't dislike it necessarily, but I just I felt like it didn't fit the tone of what we have in in this show. Like it worked really well in WandaVision, but because it's like it's episode three and it's the first one, it just felt a little jarring. Yeah, it was a little weird, but I mean, it was, it felt like, like a very real commercial that you could see on TV today. That's probably the most disturbing part of it, you know? Yeah. I think like for, for it to have worked a little better for me, it would have been just as simple as like just pulling back from a TV or something like that, that like a character is watching the commercial, you know, you've seen TV shows and movies do that before, rather than it being like the commercials for the audience, the commercials actually for the characters. Right. I think that would have made it feel a little more natural, at least for me. Maybe. It didn't it didn't bother me enough to like I don't know. It didn't screw up the whole episode feel or anything for me. No. In the beginning it was it would have been better at the beginning or the very end, like they did it because it would have, I think, interrupted the flow of the episode anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So what'd you think of that concept, like this organization that's you know, reintegrating the the ones the missing or, or what however they're they're termed i think go ahead rachel oh i was just gonna say that commercial comes off as disingenuous to me so this group while it sounds like you know just about anything else in america where on the surface it has such a pleasant wonderful sounding mission and name but you dig a little deeper and it's you know a little nefarious and you know that's kind of how it was they may be helping people but they're also stockpiling uh resources that can go to people who don't have any so it's i want to know more about it but my my initial judgment isn't good <laughs> right and you're definitely not supposed to feel good about them Right? I'm pretty sure like you know right at, at, right after that commercial they immediately smash cut to uh like police force with their logo on the side uh with john walker cap going mm -hmm. you know busting into a building and saying uh don't even let them breathe which is really relevant right now with the trial that's going on and the things that have happened in this country in the past year um and maybe they didn't think i would i wouldn't have thought they would put that line in the show um but they couldn't have known some of the things that were going to happen you know what i mean oh absolutely it's incredibly you know just it, it's disheartening because of how realistic it is you know what is a relief group need with a, a police force right and captain with, america with combat gear and yeah. you know giant bulletproof shields and it, no well, here, to your point, right about Captain America, I think it would have worked with Steve because Steve sure. would have legitimately been there to help. 
just like the World right. War II, World War propaganda that he did, right? Like you know, he's he's trying to raise money for you know war bonds and things like that, and he did great with that. Um, you know, it is I think kinda, he has a purpose for sure. It is kind of fun how they're showing the two different sides to it. You know, both of the captains started out by being a symbol as for propaganda, pro-America kind of stuff, and in the 1940s it's all yay america this is so exciting and now it's like oh this doesn't feel right so yeah it does not feel good well there there is a big difference because you know steve's cap was put against you know the nazis and hydra and you know history has shown how how you know the the nazis are used as the bad guys in a lot of fiction uh, over the years right. it's kind of that's that's an easy one to throw out there that's usually not controversial to put those guys as the bad guys whereas new cap you know russell cap he's we've already seen him be a jerk we've already seen him bend and even break codes that we would not want Captain America to cross. And this episode's no different, right? He's overly aggressive. He's rude. He's insulting. Um, and he's got this entire massive elite force behind him at the same time, which just makes it even harder because that, that one dude, good or bad, the guts that guy has to say you know, what he did to Cap when he knows that anybody could just put a bullet in his head, dude's got guts. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah, and seeing him get his get spit in the face, uh, you know, and I knew that was going to send him into a rage. I thought that was great. Um, so we're, I think we're definitely seeing some of the things that are going to lead us to see U.S. Agent versus Cap. Uh, I wouldn't surprise be surprised if his costume changes from blue to black by the end of the uh, series. Mm. Interesting. Yep. Yep. I agree. See, I, I don't know. Part of me thinks they might steer just really hard into this whole concept and even make them brighter red, white and blue because, oh. uh, you know, to to kind of show that point of he doesn't see himself as the villain. And a lot of people don't see him as the villain, even though he really is. Right. Well, in the comics, it was it wasn't really his choice. The government took that title away from him. Sure. And, you know, after he I think he brutally murdered somebody or something along those lines so uh you know um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they did the same thing in the show gotcha in the comics the u.s government's also not as corrupt as it is in real life <laughs> that's true we don't really know the state of the government in the mcu at this point given that you know it it was completely infiltrated by hydra at one point and then you have the blip so we don't really know how stable it is or who's really in charge we don't know no what this we president haven't is like we haven't really seen a president since iron man 3 to be completely honest it's a little weird that like after going through the blip we still don't like we didn't really get to see world leaders in any real sure. capacity you know like uh, civil war was the last time we saw any world world leaders we like we were so focused on which heroes were dusted that you know we didn't even really think about which uh world leaders were yeah true and so we, we and it's also again it's been five years so we just we have no idea who's in charge or what the government looks like um, and it could be a total mess. It could be a disaster. It could be one of those things where things look nice and it's just a, a coat of paint, but everything's, you know, falling apart underneath. Sure. Yeah, it could definitely be that. So while 
Carly Morgenthau is stealing and killing, you know, people. Um, it also could just be a lot worse than what we know. Mm -hmm. Well, so she, you know, again, going kind of going back to a little bit earlier, you know, we were talking about like her people were kind of sympathetic in the first two episodes. You felt for them. You might not agree with with their methods, of course, but you felt for you know where they were coming from and now like she blows up a building with people inside uh yeah. some of whom appeared to be civilians but i could be wrong no that, i think you're right and then i think that 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 totally pushes her over to the other side and you know yeah her her colleague or whatever didn't know that was going to happen but he doesn't seem like super upset about it yet and maybe that's coming later but uh, he I thought he looked genuinely scared, scared of what Carly was capable of, as well as just in fear for his own life. And so he was just kind of like stunned. Mm. Interesting. But yeah. I think, you know, they're going to develop that relationship just a little bit more. Yeah, so what did yeah, you and they have all of the power broker serum at this point, right? Isn't that mm -hmm. what they, well, that's what they implied. It looked like there was some, there was like an emphasis put on some of the vials in the lab when it caught on fire. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe uh, Baranzimo grabbed something, some vials yeah. on the way out, and maybe that's how John Walker is going to get it um, from a deal with Zemo or something like that. I thought the scientist said that they had stolen everything. He did, but I mean, that doesn't mean he had, didn't have like some untested or like early or, you know, earlier versions that were maybe not as refined or something like that still there. And that could highlight the fact that, you know, John Walker's an asshole. And so now he's more of an asshole because they said with the original super soldier serum, it highlighted your, you know, right. what you are. And he right. said that he had uh, fixed that basically and made it a more perfect formula. So maybe one of the older formulas, because it, it, there was a yeah. shot that didn't need to be there showing like vials of a liquid. That's yeah. fair. So going back to him, the scientist talking about how he's changed the formula. I really liked that bit of exposition because it helps right away why these flag smashers are so just, tiny yeah they're regular people you know and carly morgenthau for example is just she's a normal looking person but she's got this super strength it's a nice it's not a throwaway line i don't want to say that but it's a nice bit of exposition that solves that question yeah that was smart i agree i'm with you on that yeah, I agree too. Sorry, <laughs> um, right. for people that are listening and you hear dog <laughs> noises and stuff, I, I, we just adopted a dog and I have been trying to keep an eye on them uh, with our other dog. And so you hear a lot of dog noises in the background. So I'm sorry about that. And I have to keep muting myself because of it. So now, um, so chat's suggesting that those other vials that you, we were seeing, that's what ends up becoming the Red Hulk formula. That you know, definitely could be. I mean, you know, when you have a random scientist that's developing things that modify humans, that's an easy like storytelling method to pull out anything like that. I mean, maybe they didn't even have that in mind, but they could, you know, during the uh, She-Hulk series, pull that out and be like, oh, that we stole this from the scientist, you know, or Zemo got this from the scientist in Madripoor. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So everyone who didn't watch this is going to be like, what's Madripoor? And we're going to be like, ah. <laughs> exactly basically how the entire mcu goes right yeah for people that haven't watched everything 
If you don't watch something, you end up missing it. But, you know, hopefully it doesn't ruin the entire thing for you. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's see. So, okay. So Zebo himself, you know, Ryan mentioned that he had a few opportunities to escape, but he doesn't. Um, and I gotta be honest, at least the time when they're with all the shipping containers, I legit thought he was going to be gone. I did. Did you think he was going to be back? Did you think he was really leaving? Cause I, I did. Well, I think his whole purpose in the MCU right now, or at least is set up by this episode is to get rid of super powered individuals, yeah. right? Like they make that pretty clear. So Falcon Winter Soldier are the best leads that, that he has to finding the flag smashers that have taken this formula. Um, and that currently have all of the super soldier serum that's known to exist so i think that's why he's not really running away um and i didn't really expect him to run away because they've made it clear that that's his intention you know what i mean once he's used them to his to the end of what he intends to do or like to further his means as far as he can go then he'll leave yeah that's fair that's fair. I guess I just kind of assumed with the scientist dead, knowing that the serum's not there and knowing that he's the one with the airplane, um, that yeah, he might be just as fine on his own at this point. Three but, heads are better than one. I guess. Yeah. I guess. But so. I wouldn't, I, you know, maybe he, he might end up leaving and going to, like I mentioned, John Walker getting the formula from him, you know, potentially that might be how, you know, maybe he leaves them because they're not doing enough work and finding things fast enough. And so he goes to this other team that's also looking for the same people and works with them instead. You know, he's, he's, he's the kind of guy that will do that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's fair. Ray, any other thoughts on that? No, not really. I, Zemo was, uh, you know, he's a villain. He's out for himself. And right now his goals align with Bucky and, sam so that's why he's like on our side for right now oh but yeah but also the goals align with john walker and Battlestar. absolutely those people so yeah he could easily go either way yeah everything's gonna come to a head eventually well and he may even see an advantage to working with russell because if he works with captain america and helps the u.s government track down these terrorists maybe you know They'll help him out from a legal standpoint, and he can just be scot free, like you know Ray mentioned earlier in the episode. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's entirely right. possible, right? Like, it's not that he can't escape; it's not that he can't continue to run. But why would you want to, right? If you could avoid it, if you could just end up being free, maybe that's what you try and do, and he could hide, you know, in the U.S. or something. Yeah, if someone's gonna give you amnesty, why not take it? Right. So I could see him, you know flip-flopping back and forth to just about any side uh whatever is going to work for him for sure now at the tail end of the episode we get the reintroduction of wakanda with ao what do you think that's all about well first of all i love the way it popped up i love that uh bucky just notices something different in uh, the way everything looks and then we see these like little balls and we're not entirely sure what they are this is the first time that they've really been up front and it, then we see Ao in the alley and she's immediately like I've come for Zemo like it it was a really 
fun uh, way to bring her into this. It was a cool entrance. Yeah, it's, I, I saw uh, your it, dog, Ryan. It's cute. Yeah, if you if you watch the corner of the screen, you can occasionally see dog ears <laughs> pop up because she has huge ears. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, what I liked about this ending was that it wasn't like WandaVision where like every ending you're like, oh my gosh, we got to talk about for the next, you know, seven days. What's going to happen? What does next? it mean? Yeah, it was very clear what's going to happen. It's, it's a cool character to see. It's something that's not necessarily in theme with the rest of the show. I mean, you're not, Wakanda is a very different theme, but it's important to the story here. So, um, yeah, but we're not really going to speculate on what's happening that much probably because it's pretty clear what they want, you know? I just love that every character we have here has their own motivations and easily they could be one or another. They could be corrupted. They could be gray. They could be um, completely pure and genuine. So it's, we're coming for really cool showdowns. Like that's what they're building up to. Just some, fun awesome fight scenes and really well choreographed dialogue and it's all just going to be pretty interesting when it comes to a head and that's what i'm here for right like, that's like all this other stuff is cool for. but i'm here for the well choreographed fight scenes you know like that's what i want to see superheroes fighting that's, that's what ryan's about yeah anything else <laughs> wandavision was great don't get me wrong but i mean this is what marvel is for me that's fair but like i mean come on like he, you know bucky was the white wolf he spent two years in wakanda he knew that this was going to happen right this was part of his plan it's very possible thing, he yeah. knew yeah Right. Like my thought process is he did this knowing that somebody, maybe he didn't know AO specifically, but he knew somebody from Wakanda was going to show up and that would be kind of like his backup in case things went sideways. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you yeah. guys have, they brought up the white wolf moniker already in the show. Do you think that they're going to like explore that further? Like make him an actual, obviously he's going to, we talked about this a little bit. You know, do you think he's going to stay the Winter Soldier or are they going to like translate him into another title, but still playing the role of kind of. So I think he's still the White Wolf. I think that he's been working for Wakanda this entire time since coming back since Endgame. He's been continuing to work for Wakanda because, you know, he he did spend a lot of time there and they made it very clear that he was always welcome there. And you know, this, this list going through the amends and everything is important to him on a personal level, but he could hide away in Wakanda forever if he wanted to. And I think the only reason he's not is because he is on a mission for Wakanda. And maybe the Zemo thing wasn't part of that. I don't think that was necessarily part of the plan, but I think he's definitely still the white wolf. And that's why they keep tabs on him, which is why he knew that he would have some Wakanda backup if he did break out Zemo. Yeah, I mean, I would be totally on board if that's the way it went. Um, mm -hmm. So, fingers crossed. I hadn't actually thought about that point that maybe he's been working for Wakanda this whole time, but I would love that if that came to be the thing. I agree. I'm on board with that. Woo! You guys liked my idea. You guys never liked my idea. First time in 250 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> uh, anyway. Mark this down. Momentous Mark this down. occasion. Mark it, dude. 
what else? What else we got on this one? Anything else in this episode you think is worth discussing? I think we covered pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. Well, we have a little bit of time. Do you guys want to talk about the Loki trailer or anything like that to kind of tack on something here at the end? Loki trailer looks good. I'm having uh, a lot of fun little feelings about that one pop up uh it's gonna be really interesting again we're crossing into territory that uh marvel has never touched before with like the constant time travel so that'll be a lot of fun and tom hiddleston just sells loki to us like no other person could i really wouldn't want anybody else in the role at this point yeah, honestly, I didn't. I watched the trailer, but, uh, you know, I was kind of in the corner at work trying to hide and not get caught. So <laughs> I didn't get to uh, spend a lot of time doing an in-depth dive into it or anything. But from what I saw, it looked like it was going to be cool. I'm definitely excited about it. That's, uh, that's Owen fair. Wilson actually looks like he's in an enjoyable role. Yeah. So that's a first time for everything, I guess. I, I like Owen Wilson. He, most of, of his films are not really for me, but I like him. And so I'm looking forward to seeing him in something that, that I'm excited about. Uh, there were some fun moments in the trailer though. Like there's, there's the scene where Loki has to sign off on a document. That's literally everything he's ever said. And then he replies and it prints off another piece of paper. And he like signed this too. It just really made me laugh. Uh, Cause you know, Loki is a loquacious fellow. And so that's gotta be a pretty thick file, you know? Um, well it was a very thick file we saw Mm -hmm. so i'm looking forward to that and i am a sucker for time travel multiverse type stuff i love alternate realities and um, i'm really looking forward to them playing around with all of that you also love to complain about things that don't make sense so time travel never makes sense in anything some get it slightly better than others no i think you can sit there and find holes in every time travel thing ever well we'll have to have a conversation about that at some point then but you know look some some time travel stuff is tighter than others i think that's i said that Endgame does an okay job at it but they made it a little more convoluted than it needs to be but I'm looking forward to this. I, I still enjoyed all the time travel in Endgame. I'm not, it doesn't hurt my enjoyment of the film or anything yeah. like that. That's no, all. no, me either. You know, so I'm looking forward to it. But I mean, I guess that's about it then. So next week we'll be talking about episode four of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So be sure to join us for that. Remember, we do this live on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. So thank you to everybody who joined us in chat this week. We appreciate your your thoughts, your suggestions, your theories, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and uh, you can you can join us next time for that. You can find us at screen-heroes.com. It's got all of our links. You can listen to our show on pretty much every podcast platform you can possibly imagine. Leave us a review. A lot of them allow reviews, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, for example. We'll read your review live on the show, good or bad, as long as it's not deeply offensive. Uh, We will read it on the show. So drop us a review. We would really appreciate that. And like we said, join our group. You can find me on Twitter at the Star Trek Dude. Ray, where can people find you? I'm at Siren Ray, guys. And Ryan, where can people find you? At Buster Props. At Buster Props. There you have it. We are Screen Heroes. Find us at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. 
screen-heroes.com, like I said. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for joining us.